everybody, this is Alex Youngblood and Joe McCall here for our next episode of realestateinvestingmastery.com. And we are really excited today. We've got Craig Fuhr on the line uh, doing, doing a lot of great things in the real estate investing industry. And we're really looking forward to some good information today. So how are you doing, Joe? I'm good, Alex. How about you, man? Hello? Alex. <laughs> Alex, I'm doing I'm doing good. Alex is uh, on his cell phone right now, guys. And um, so we may not have the best uh, sound quality, but I'm really excited about this interview today. And uh, things have been crazy in the McCall household. Um, with this weather kind of cooling down a little bit, we've been spending a lot of time outside. And the crazy thing is um, I've been actually meeting more sellers than I have in a very long time. I'm finding tons of motivated sellers that are uh, contacting me, and I'm not even doing that much marketing. It's just maybe it's because of the fall, and that's pretty typical, but it seems like um, I'm finding some pretty nice deals, and sellers are not even flinching when I tell them on the phone. I make some kind of softball pass, soft pass offer. I tell them, look, you know, if um, sometimes, you know, you always ask them, can you what's your bottom line number and if they can't tell you on the phone you should make a soft pass offer you know like well if I make an offer it's gonna be in this price range and I've done that several times in the last week and they haven't even flinched and said yeah okay we'd consider something like that um, so you're actually going out to a lot of these houses now that um, normally you weren't you weren't doing that oh yeah, um, yeah. I, I know I've gone out myself to uh, to a couple in the past uh, couple weeks or whatever and they turned out really really well one of them that we talked about was a $30,000 wholesale deal um, and that was a result of me going out there rather than just shooting a low ball over the phone so you really just gotta have to get the feel for it yeah. you know yeah you will close more deals and get bigger discounts if you meet the sellers in person for the most part so you just have to make that judgment call is that something that's going to be worth your time um, and it all depends on how much marketing you're doing, to be honest, right? Because if you're doing a bunch of marketing, you're getting a bunch of leads, you can cherry pick the best ones. And it depends on the types of deals you're doing, too. I, you know, I flip a lot of lease options, and usually with those deals, well, I'll never go meet a seller on those types of deals. Those are small little, you know, four, five, six thousand dollar wholesale deals, then I'm just lease optioning them. And I'm not even tying them down in my contract, so they can still advertise the house while I am. So. You know, I typically don't go meet those homes, but the homes that have a lot of equity in them and there's motivation, um, yeah, I'm starting to go on more of those deals. But um, I just had one the other day. The lady had it. Uh, I talked to her yesterday. She has it listed for 139 and um, she couldn't tell me what she wanted for it. And so I said, you know, I might be able to offer 85 or something. And she said, okay. Um, and she's, I, I even asked her, I said, well, look, if... if um, if I could get you a better price on owner financing or lease purchasing terms, uh, would you be interested in that also? And she said, yeah. So I'm going to present with multiple offers to her and, and, and see what what happens. But I'm meeting her tomorrow, and I don't go meet a lot of sellers, but I kind of enjoy it. The, the thing that sucks about it is it's, it, it takes up so much time. You know, it's going to be a 30, 45-minute drive each way for me. Um, so I better get a deal out of this or I'm not going to be very happy. 
Um, and it's an excuse to get out of the house, right, Alex? Because we get t- a little tired of sitting in our underwear. Yeah, that's, all day. that's right. My chair does get a little uh, boring sometimes, <laughs> you know. So it, it is good to get out and rub shoulders with some sellers and right. and uh, you know never become rusty when it comes to dealing with people and reading people and being able to find out what makes them tick. Yeah. That is uh, that's huge. Right. Right. Um, but guys, go to our website, wholesaling. I'm sorry, uh, realestateinvestingmastery.com. We have a lot of good bonuses on there, and pretty soon we're going to be having all the transcripts of all of these interviews on our website at realestateinvestingmastery.com. Um, and you've heard this talk about it on every episode, but we're going to tell you again. We have six hours of video, free video bonuses on the website where we show you how Alex and I do our businesses how we find, hire, and train virtual assistants, how we do our marketing. We even have a spreadsheet that breaks down all of our marketing. And if you want to make you know, $100,000 a year, well, that spreadsheet shows you how much marketing you should be doing to make $100,000 a year. And you can manipulate the spreadsheet you know, with different percentages and response rates and things like that. So it's a very helpful spreadsheet to show you, you know, if, if you do this much marketing, how much should you be able to make uh, in this business. Now, it, it depends on so many variables, and we have all kinds of disclaimers in the spreadsheet, but it's really helpful, and it kind of is neat to see that stuff. But um, Alex and I are big on marketing. We talk a lot about marketing in these videos, and um, we're, soon we're going to have transcriptions of these podcasts too. So go to realestateinvestingmastery.com, check out um, the free bonuses that we have there, and I know you'll be pleasantly surprised. We just really pull back the curtain and and give you a lot of really valuable information. And, you know, Alex, I'm constantly referring people because we get a lot of questions from students and, and from the Facebook page. Um, and I'm constantly telling people, just go to the bonuses. They ask me how I do this and that. And I just tell them, go to the bonuses on that page and watch video number three. And it, we talk all about it right there. Um, so it's good stuff. And then one more thing too, Alex, I wanted to throw a, throw a plug for your Wholesaling Houses full-time Facebook page. Um, a lot of really cool activity on there, um, and, and Alex is doing a great job of moderating it so we don't have a lot of spam. Um, but it's uh, Wholesaling Houses Full-Time. It's a Facebook group page. You just go to Google. How does that work, Alex? Do people have to ask to join, or do they, can anybody just join? How does that work? Yeah, you just actually have to go to the uh, go to Wholesaling Houses Full-Time, search that in the Facebook results. I'm sorry if you hear my child crying in the background. No, no, it's good. It's all right. <laughs> but, 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 yeah, wholesaling houses full-time, and check that in Facebook. And you can just go in and request to join, and I will approve you. Good, very good. So the cool thing about it is Alex moderates it pretty well. And um, so unlike 99% of the other Facebook pages out there in groups, there's very, very little spam on this page. It's a great place to go and ask questions and just kind of peruse to your heart's content. But uh, we're real excited about the interview we got today with a guy named Craig Feuer. Um, and Craig is just tearing it up in Baltimore, um, in the Maryland area. He has been investing in real estate for a long time. And I met Craig through uh, a coaching program we're actually both a part of. It's called Life in There. You've heard me talk about it on previous episodes. But Life in There, check it out at www.lifeon. A-I-R-E, like millionaire, but, but life, life in there. And Steve Cook is a guy who has mentored um, uh, Craig many, many moons ago. And uh, back when uh, <laughs> back when Craig had more hair and Steve had uh, 
had uh, less weight. I'm just kidding. But uh, ouch. <laughs> I got to give Craig a hard time about his hair because we're both going bald. And um, uh, Steve, I got to give him a hard time. He's not really overweight. I just had to say something stupid. But uh, Steve Cook has been our coach and mentor. Wow, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, in fact, I, I, I've been bugging Craig for so long to get on this podcast. I, I finally, um, he had a post about something on his Facebook page, and I made a, a stupid joke about his um, his big red bald head. And uh, finally, got, I think that did the trick, Craig, because it finally got you to uh, schedule this podcast with us. Wow, that's quite an introduction. You guys really, uh, you really know how to ingratiate yourselves to your oh, your interviewee. I'm sorry, Craig. That's <laughs> all right, man. I give it as good as I take it. And I know, and I'm expecting that. So I, I just wanted to give the first shot. But you um, gotta watch your back, Joe. Something's gonna be coming, you know, out of the night somewhere. <laughs> But uh, Alex is a good. I, I don't. I mean, uh, what's your name, Craig? Craig is Craig is a guy that uh, I've re- admired and respected for a long time, and, and I actually am honored to have him on the show because I've been following him on his blog. Uh, he does a ton of really cool YouTube videos. He's a funny guy, and uh, he. Uh, the thing I like about him is that um, he takes this business very seriously, but he can still have a good laugh. And um, and and make people uh, make people laugh. But um, your website, Craig, is, is it still CraigFuer dot com? Is it CraigFuer dot com? F U H R. F U H R. And um, you talk. Can you talk a little bit about this show, or are you still under? Uh, is it still under wraps, or what can you say about this this little minor detail in, in, that's happened in your life? Well, I'll, you know, yeah, I'll talk about the show. Let me just fill people in. I, I thank you for such a kind introduction. Uh, I've been doing uh, real estate investing now for about eight years. Yeah. Started out as a rehabber, uh, then kind of uh, made the bad decision to get into landlording. Um, it's not meant for everybody, for those of you listening out there. And then, uh, so really over the last few years, uh, just after I got fired from my job the day after my 40th birthday in 2007, I uh, really, really uh, did some soul searching for a good year and a half and got back into rehabbing. And last year we did about 16 pretty major rehabs. And most of our stuff is $80,000, $90,000 just for the rehab portion. Um, So we do we do some pretty big houses uh, in the Baltimore metro D.C. area. And um, right about around February of this year, I got a good call from my buddy, Captain Pete Gauthier. um, Mm -hmm. And Pete Pete called me and said, hey, look, yeah, he owns he now owns Flipping Homes. He uh, bought the site from Steve. So FlippingHomes.com. And Pete said, look, man. I've known you for a while. Uh, we, we weren't close friends, but we knew of each other. And he said, I'd really love to start a coaching program with you. And uh, it's one where we essentially take students start to finish through three rehabs. And I said, well, that sounds like a great idea, but I would only do it if we also simultaneously raised a bucket of money for the students to do rehabs with. Hmm. And he thought that was a great idea. So... We're off to the. We were sort of off to the races on that, 
And about 30 days later, I got a call from a production company, television production company out of Philadelphia. Yeah. Now, I had actually been interviewed a couple months earlier for Flip This House, you know, the famous show with Van Merrill and yeah. Armando Montalongo and all those guys. They actually interviewed me to be on the show, but they wanted me to fill out this massive uh, application. And I said, I don't do applications. And that kind of turned them <laughs> off a little bit. And uh, they begged me to do it. And I just was like, no, nah, that's not for me, man. So the productions, but I kind of knew what, uh, what TV wanted in talking with uh, Flip This House. I knew what they were looking for. Yeah. So the production company out of Philadelphia calls me in February uh, they said they had been looking at my YouTube videos and, and were really taken by them. And they said, well, we'd really like to start shopping a concept for a television show out to the networks. And those networks would be like DIY and HTTV and uh, TLC and uh, those types of channels. And they started doing that. And all of the channels, believe it or not, were interested in meeting me uh, until finally the 800-pound gorilla, which I'm sorry I can't say. Right. Even though I have a signed contract, um, I'm really bound by not to go out there and talk about the network. Yeah. But I do have a signed contract, crazy enough, to do 12 episodes on a major cable network, and we're sh we should start production sometime in late November. That is awesome. So it's pretty exciting, man. That is awesome. And, and in this show, you're going to take students um, from zero to hero, kind of, aren't you? I mean... You're going to take them from a rehab, coaching them all the way through, and hopefully selling it at the end? All in 30 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's crazy, man. Oh. Like, as much as I'm thinking, why wouldn't they make this a one-hour show? Uh, yeah. You know, I guess, I, I guess I'm not the, uh, the smart guy in the room. So it's going to wow. be a 30-minute episode um, where we literally take a student from start to finish. Now... Probably because of production time, uh, we won't be able to get the sale of the house uh, into the episode. We might. Who knows? We, uh, but I'll tell you, it's, it's a tremendous amount of work. Yeah. It's a crazy amount of responsibility. We'll be filming six houses simultaneously. Hmm. <clears throat> so essentially, I have to get six houses under contract by um, late October. Wow, that's now, a lot of pressure. September, September 15th. And you got to get six whatever. different students to do this with. We have the students, so I'm, I'm excited about that. We went from zero to 12 students basically overnight on my reputation and, and uh, Captain Pete's reputation. Great. So we're really excited about that. Um, it, but it's just now a matter of finding the houses, and as you guys know, it's a, it's a little bit of a tough time right now in terms of low-hanging fruit that's yeah. out there as far as uh, uh, bank-owned properties. Hmm. Um, you know, there's deals that are, that are being bought every single day, but uh, they're not always the type of deals that we would want for this show. Right. So, Are you looking yeah. for big rehabs, or does it matter? We have eight to ten weeks to do rehab on each house okay and so we're not we're not really looking for ninety thousand dollar rehabs um we're trying to get into houses that are in great neighborhoods if anybody's listening to the call right now we're cash buyers um we um 
we are in the Baltimore metro area, including uh, PG County, Anne Arundel County, uh, parts of Washington, D.C. And uh, so we're looking for houses in great livable neighborhoods, houses where there is a predominance of homeowners rather than renters, and places that need essentially heavy cosmetics. Yeah. You know, we know we're going to have to do upgrades to some of the mechanicals, new windows, a new, a new roof. But we're really looking for houses that, that we can make shine in terms of new baths, uh, new kitchens, things like that. Man, I, I can't imagine being under that kind of uh, pressure. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I can't, I can't say that I'm having a whole lot of fun right now. Oh, man. I, I, I'm, I'm serious when I say this. I'll, I'm going to pray for you, Craig, um, because uh, that's, that's a big responsibility that you've chosen to take. And... Uh, <clears throat> God bless you for it. But I, I think that's... Well, I, Go ahead. Well, thank you very much for that. I could use all the prayers uh, for this and any number of things that anybody's willing to give. Uh, but, you know, frankly, I, I, I try not to talk about the show too much because I know that even at this stage where I've signed my contract, and let me tell you, that, that alone was a bloodletting process... <laughs> trying to negotiate with, um, you know, people who I, I'm see, I'm basically a piece of meat at this stage, right? Yeah. Um, I, I'm unproven. And so trying to get the contract terms um, that we were looking for were you know, interesting. It was an interesting process. Um, I think the company that I'm working with, the network, is a great network. But they obviously have their reservations about everyone who they work with who's brand new, and I certainly understand that. Right. But the problem, you know, the, the scary part of all of this is, is not so much the students, uh, it's not so much the money, uh, or forgetting the money for the deals. It really is, at this point, just finding the deals. You know, getting the deals under contract, getting them closed, um, and, uh, and and getting rolling. It's It's pretty scary. And so... I guess the point I was trying to make long-winded here is this whole thing is still riding on a razor-thin edge. And it, as much as I've told a million people about it, it, it really could it could go either way at this point. Hmm. So, yeah. Well, if people um, want to, uh, if they have any deals in the, in the Baltimore, Washington, D.C. metro area, you can submit your information on these deals to craigfuhr.com, C-R-A-I-G, F-U-H-R dot com. I believe you have a place there, don't you, Craig, where people can uh, put in their name and email and, and, and uh, yeah. give you some information? It's in, just go to my blog. It's in the right-hand column at there at craigfuhr.com. It'll say, uh, uh, sell us your deals fast. You can't miss it. It's a big banner. Yeah. Um, they can shoot me all the details on that, and, and we'll, be, we'll be out to take a look at them quickly. As a matter of fact, I'm I'm going to look at several houses today, so good for you. Uh, we're out every we're out every day looking at stuff. <laughs> now, when, Craig, when you're looking at houses that are in really good livable areas and really you know nice areas, but need heavy cosmetics, would you say the marketing is different than when you're going after junkers? I mean, this is not your typical bandit sign type of marketing, would you say? Yeah, that's a really great point. Um, you know. It's very easy to be an investor in major metropolitan cities, right? Like if if you're listening uh, right now or if you're listening to this podcast and you live in Detroit or 
any major city, you know, just name one, Philly, New York, uh, you know, places in California, you're always going to have that, that place of the city that no one really wants to go to. And if you didn't have your GPS, you'd be damn afraid that you would never get out of that place. Well, those are the easiest spots to find houses in, right? Because nobody wants them. And frankly, I get, I get emails every day from wholesalers who are trying to wholesale a house for $7,000 or $10,000. And I mean, that's your, the total price. So I'm thinking to myself, Jesus, how much could these wholesalers be making on the deal if they're selling the house for 7000 bucks? Right. And frankly, it's so easy to find houses in those areas. You send out postcards to tired landlords or to people who have owned the house forever, or you just put out a bunch of bandit signs and your phone rings. You are absolutely correct, Alex, in that it's very difficult, or not very difficult, but it becomes a lot more difficult to find houses in better livable neighborhoods in either the outskirts of the city or out in the counties. And so marketing for us right now, frankly, we're, we're looking a lot on the MLS. We're looking a lot at the HUDs because you know, marketing takes time. It takes time to ramp up and it takes time to get your responses. And we don't have the luxury of a whole lot of time right now. So we're just really trying to be as aggressive as we can possibly be with finding uh, great wholesalers and finding great deals that are just sitting there on the MLS. You but, should uh, you should offer and say, hey, if you bring us a deal, we'll feature uh, feature you on episode as the deal finder for you know like ten seconds or something like that. <laughs> oh, you know, honest and 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 that is uh, we we tell people that because that is not lying. That's truly what the show uh, creators want. They want to see you know, the lender for the deal. They want to see the wholesaler for the deal. They, you know, they want to see the sort of all of the moving parts because those, those people make characters as well. And uh, it just makes for good TV. Wow. So, I, yeah, may, I may drop some, there. I may drop some postcards out there and see what happens. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, on the big TV. Craig, I was going to say, um, Alex is definitely the guy to talk to. If you want to get some help with direct mail, um, you know, you could drop five, ten thousand postcards probably today if you wanted to. Um, yeah. And it's you know, it's, it's we can talk more about marketing and that kind of postcards later. But and and uh, but I think uh, maybe we should talk offline a little bit. But uh, oh, it'd be a pleasure. I mean, I think I think to have you guys uh, talk to the students as well about marketing would be a real great thing. Yeah. So let, let's go back to your earlier days. You got fired from your job um, because I'm going to guess um, your heart wasn't in it and uh, you were interested in, in uh, working for yourself and, and being independent. Am I right? Yeah. You know, the first rehab that I did was just before I got married in 2004, and I didn't have a penny to my name. Uh, I started doing a direct mail to tired landlords. It was in a really great neighborhood where I live, though. So, I, you know, today I'm not so sure it would work so well, but I caught the needle in the haystack, and it was a house that really just needed patch and paint. I mean, back then I looked at a $25,000 rehab like it was, you know, like I was building a mansion. But this was a nice townhouse. Uh, we put in a couple uh, bathrooms and a kitchen, painted the place, and it literally took us 90 days from the start 
till the time we were at the closing table picking up our profit, and uh, we made $98,000 on that deal, net profit. And so I can't say that my heart was ever really in the the whole J-O-B game ever again after that (laughs) first deal. I was kind of hooked on real estate, but it was unfortunate that my partner uh, in the in that deal, uh, who was my father-in-law to be, he, his risk tolerance wasn't the same as mine. So I will tell folks that are listening right now: if you have partners, you both have to be mentally on the same page. You have to have your goals really written out, and there has to be 100% agreement on those goals. And if you get into a partnership with someone you should make sure that that partnership is really on a deal-by-deal basis. So many times when real estate investors start out, they need somebody to partner with for whatever reason they feel they do, and they just jump in because, uh, you know, they think they get along. We need a lot more than that. But what you really need is not a relationship that is sort of bound forever. Um, the best advice I could give anyone listening is to get it, get relationships that are really just you know, momentary relationships or deal-by-deal relationships. Now, you may work 12 deals with that person, but it should be on a deal-by-deal basis. But to answer your question, uh, Joe, yeah, my heart just was not in the whole J-O-B thing after I started making a lot of money. But it was another three years um, until I was actually, until I was let go from my job. What were you working in before? What, What industry? I was in IT. Okay. So initially I worked uh, for the government as a GS employee, and then uh, after that I was a contractor working up in Baltimore. It was so funny. Uh, it was I got fired the day after my birthday. My my son turns one the day after my birthday. His, his birthday is the day right after mine. Oh, yeah. Turns one that day. So we're celebrating that morning, you know, this great day. Uh, my little boy is my oh. first kid, is one-year-old, and I walk in at the job, and I'm you know, they basically S-scan me with no notice whatsoever. Wow. But frankly, I will tell people who are listening in, the greatest thing that you can do for yourself, I mean, the, the best thing, if you, if you think you have a passion, is to follow that passion while you're still working in your job. So many people, right, Joe, they, and mm-hmm. they, they want to quit their job, like, immediately because they see what we're doing and they think, oh, i got to be a full-timer, i got to go quit my job. And, you know, I was making $85,000 a year and at my job, I was making more than that as a real estate investor. So it was like, it was gravy train. Yeah. You know, frankly, I'm not sure that I would have ever quit my job because it it was, I was in such a good place. Hmm. And um, so I will tell anybody listening, don't be so fast to quit your job. I mean, think about it. If you're doing rehabs, and you want to walk up to any lender or into any bank and you yeah. go, hey, I'm a, I'm a new investor and I'm getting ready to do a rehab and I really need a loan. And the first thing they're going to say is, show me your W-2s. Yep, yep. If you don't have that, you ain't getting a loan. Or they want so. to see two years of tax returns as self-employed. Um, right. Right. Exactly. So, um, yeah, so, it's, I, so the point I was trying to make is get an oar in the water. You know, put your oar in the water and get going um, while you're still working your job. I mean, we did 15 houses one year while I was still working a full-time job. Wow. So, Wow. Yeah. At least 
try to uh, keep your job until you uh, can eliminate your debt, get some money in savings, because um, you are going to have ups and downs, and it's not going to um, be all uh, rosy once you leave your job. And you should be pretty consistent in doing deals um, so already that uh, so your income flipping properties is replacing your full-time income. That's for me what happened. I My part-time income flipping houses surpassed my full-time income at my job. And that's well, I, let me let me speak to that if I could. Yeah. Um, you know, the thing that you said that really rings true with anyone who is real estate investing, especially rehabbers, is that it is a bit, it can be very inconsistent. But there's only so many deals that you can do at one time. And for me, I mean, last year we were doing six, seven, eight deals at a time. I, yeah, frankly, I wouldn't I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy. It's just there's a quality of life that I also want that we all want. When we get into uh, real estate, you're looking for freedom. Well, when you're doing five or six or seven or eight deals at a time, there ain't a whole lot of freedom. Right. There's a lot of stress, but not a lot of freedom. And so um, if you can get what Joe said, what, you know, getting rid of uh, a lot of your debt, including your mortgage debt, yeah. and um, you can replace the income that you were making with your full-time job, but you can assure yourself that that will be on a more consistent basis. Like, let's say you make $100,000 a year at your full-time job. Mm-hmm. Well, if you make if you make $50,000 in January flipping a house, but then you don't make another 50000 until December that same year, yeah. I can assure you that you're not going to be feeling pretty happy about things, <laughs> even though your net year was a hundred grand. Yeah. If you go eleven months without making a paycheck, it ain't going to be fun. Well, yeah, and, and it also goes to say how important it is to understand wholesaling, because uh, you yeah. can do rehabbing and make the big bucks on you know every once in a while when you flip a house, but you need something in the middle to fill in the gaps. And if you're good at finding deals and you can wholesale properties, it sure helps. Well, no, the, I, name, know, the name of the game as well is, sorry about that, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, no, I'm listening, go ahead. Well, the, the name of the game is making sure your head is on straight, too, because, yeah, there are times where we have windfall months. We could have a $100,000 month, and then next two, three months, you don't have anything. So you got to, you, you really got to be able to manage, your, keep your head on your shoulders and, and, and understand the way the business works and, uh, or, or else, I mean, a lot of people will go crazy, like you said. <laughs> I have a, uh, a, you know, shameless plug coming. Um, is, there a, is there a bell or something that goes off when, a, when somebody starts the plug? No, but go ahead. <laughs> All right. You know, a big, I, giant the, hand slaps you. <laughs> right, right. Now, one of the things that I have always uh, thought, Alex, is people succeed or fail in this business uh, because of really one thing, and that's the six inches that's between their two ears. Um, I, I will be one. One of the things that people either love about me or hate hate me for is that I'm extremely honest. Are you guys still there? Hello. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm we're sorry. here. I'm sorry. I, I apologize. It went a little quiet there. So one of the things that people love me for is I'm extremely honest, and. I, and, and one of the things I'd like to be honest about right now is my head was not right after I got fired. Even though I was happy and I knew I could go out and make money, my head, I didn't believe in, in, the, in my ability to really make consistent money, 
to uh, to have this job for a long, long time and be able to consistently make money with it. I didn't truly believe in my ability to do that. And I know that sounds pretty crazy for someone who's doing so well and is about to get his own television show, but it really was the truth. Hmm. And it wasn't until April of 2009 that my partner and I at the time, we, we netted $220,000 in one month. Wow. So he got 110 and I got 110 and that's pretty life-changing. Now, I know a lot of people who are listening to the car going, you know, what a jerk. I mean, not everybody makes that in one month. That's not the point I'm trying to make. The point I'm trying to make is it took me having to make that before I really, really believed in myself and my ability to do it. Now, some people may never make that kind of money in a month, but you damn sight have to believe in your ability to do it. And so one of the things that I'm really seriously thinking about that I've been urged to do by so many people is a distance learning. You know, we have local coaching, which is flipping success. And that's very local. I could never do this model uh, across the country. You have to be living in the market. But one of the things that some of the flip bips and other people have urged me to do is, is a spend the day with Craig thing. Yeah. And I've done that for several people. And they've come away and said the greatest thing that they learned was that I rip their heads open, I find out what's going on in their subconscious, and we get them all screwed back together so that when they get back to their market, they truly believe in their ability to go out and crush it. Good. And uh, I'll tell you that that, I believe that that's the single most important thing to success, in addition to, in addition to you know, the kind of education that you guys provide and that I provide. But if your head's <laughs> not on right, you'll never get it right. And that's, no, that's huge. That's that's absolutely huge. And would you say would you say you still have to fight every day with yourself to to keep your head in the right place? So, I mean, because I know I do. I have to. I have to keep. You know, I've got to keep the the negative Nelly thought monster away, if you want to call it that. You know, and 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 I have to keep my head on straight every single day. It's a daily process. You know. Yeah. You see, I I love when people like you say something like that because everyone thinks oh they're full-timers they're out there crushing it you know they're on facebook talking about their deals and you know some of that is bombast but a lot of it is true i mean we are doing deals and we're having a good time and we're making money but it ain't all peaches and cream and the thing that i think guys like you and i need to tell people is yeah guess what we do deal with the demons of self-doubt Absolutely. I mean, I'm riding around in my car today going like, all right, I got one house that's supposed to close on uh, Thursday. That ain't going to happen because I've got termites in the basement now that I have to deal with. I got another house that's supposed to close too. And the buyer now wants to back out because she saw water. And we, you know, we had a small problem with the chimney there. Now she wants to back out. I got, I got a television show that I'm houses for by the end of uh, November, and I don't know how the hell that's going to happen. And so it's so easy to start to let all the negativity pile up and have that be all you see rather than the how the three houses that I'm rehabbing that I'm having. You know, the fact that I've just got 12 students almost over to all put up $8,000 to learn from me. You know, there's a lot of grief going on, but if all you, but the, but we as humans sometimes tend to focus on the the negative 
and what you focus on tends to multiply, and that negativity can turn into a big mountain pretty pretty quick. So, yeah, every day I'm sure you guys wake up knowing what can I do positive today. That's good. And I do the same thing. I do the same exact thing. Yeah, you know, you, you just have to recognize that crap happens in your business. You know, you, you have to realize that sellers are, are going to try to back out of deals. Buyers are going to try to back out of deals. You think you have a deal, and then the next minute that deal is gone. That stuff happens. And the only way to survive that is to make sure your head is on straight. That's the only way to do it. Because if you don't, well, you'll, you'll just get eaten up. Well, another way to survive it and we touched on it earlier, is to not have a tremendous amount of debt. Um, one of the reasons why we all feel stress when things go, go wrong is because we were praying for that payday. Uh, and because we've got bills to pay, we've got our kids in school, we've got mortgages, we've got to buy groceries. If you can get rid of a lot of that extra debt, uh, then you won't feel nearly as much stress when you don't make that payday. Yeah, very well said. And, and debt can kill you, can kill any business. Um, which, by the way, Craig, I, don't, I think you knew this, but uh, Steve and I, Steve Cook and I, um, just finished recording a debt-free investing uh, webinar. Mm -hmm. And um, it, we'll have in the show notes, guys, if you go to realestateinvestingmastery.com, We'll have a link on there for that webinar. You can go to it's only $97. Um, it's about four or five hours of video that Steve did. We talked about um, getting out of debt, talked about how to build a free and clear rental portfolio, how he got rid of $4.5 million in debt, um, and how he simplified his life. Um, but it's it's something you got to think about, especially if you're wanting to leave your job. Um, if you have a lot of debt, it's going to be very, very difficult to um, have a successful business, to be quite honest. Um, so, Craig, you, you mentioned the day with Craig thing. Um, is there a website people can go to get about get more information about that, or is, is that your main website? Uh, well, it will be at my blog under coaching. Okay. Uh, it's not it's not live yet. We're still putting that together. Okay. But uh, it's going to be pretty exclusive. I'm only going to take uh, 12 to 15 people a year on that. So like maybe one or two a month um, max, um, and uh, it will be total immersion where people come out here for like a day and a half, and um, I really get into their business, their head. Um, then I show them really, you know, line item by line item what we do at my house is to make them shine as much as they do. I mean, for those of you who are listening who don't know uh, what I do, I, I'd urge you to go to my website at craigfear.com. We do some pretty crazy rehabs out here, and I'm sort of known for over-the-top, um, really, really nice rehabs in, in houses that really only sell for a couple hundred grand. So yep. when people walk into my houses, they instantly know that you know this is something pretty special. Let's talk about some of the strategies you use, Craig. Um, what kind of houses are you looking for? What kind of neighborhoods? Um, and what kind of rehabs do you put in them? How do you comp them and make offers, things like that? Well, I have a pretty simple philosophy that, that um, you know, has worked pretty well for us over the last couple of years. Um, it's a three, it's really a three-step philosophy in terms of uh, um, getting rid of the houses quickly. And it goes like this. Number one, we buy houses in neighborhoods where people actually want to live. 
You good? And I know there's a lot of people sitting on this call right now going, duh, yeah, whatever. But if you really stop and think about it, and you really look at where the investors in your town might be investing, I'll guarantee you that there's investors out there who are in marginal neighborhoods at best. So I know that certainly there, there, in, there are plenty of those in the Baltimore, D.C. area. Yeah. I mean, guys who are – look, I used to be one of those guys. I used to buy houses, make, turn them into the Taj Mahal, and you and I wouldn't be caught dead at night or even sometimes during the day in these neighborhoods. And believe it or not, we sold them. But I got tired of trying to shoehorn, you know, a buyer into these houses. So I started going out to the better neighborhoods. And, uh, you know, if there's, a, if there's a beltway in your town that goes around the city like there is in our town, uh, there's uh, what's called 695 or 495 that goes around D.C., I can guarantee you that the types of neighborhoods that you want to be in are literally just inside. When I say just inside, I mean an eighth of a mile or, or outside of that beltway. Those are going to be the types of areas that, that people want to live in. Yeah. The, the second philosophy those, that... Go ahead. What would those price differences be from what you were in before to what you are now, ARV-wise, or after repaired value? Well, strangely enough, it, it wasn't a huge difference. The difference was really the neighborhood. I mean, uh, wow. the difference would be, you know, like 149 up to 225 uh, That would be... But the neighborhoods were... You know, I mean, we were not giving those houses away at 149, 159, and that was really right before the boom, uh, right before the bust, I should say. See, like after the bust, you know, that whole investing in transitional neighborhoods, that doesn't work anymore. You know, you've got to be very, very careful about the houses that you buy. They can't be weird. They can't be in a in a in a tough neighborhood. They can't be on a main drag. You know, you have to you have to make sure that the, the house the house that you buy is going to sell, and that's one of the reasons why we're having such a difficult time coming up with our six, seven, twelve houses for the show. I could go out and find twelve houses today, but I need these houses to also sell when when the show when the cameras stop rolling, right? Um, so your your philosophy number one is you can only sell homes people want to buy. You've got to invest in neighborhoods where people actually want to live. They have to be desirable. Yep. You have to see some velocity in those neighborhoods. Number two, we rehab the houses beyond the expectations of the buyer. Hmm. A lot of people look at what I do and they go, man, you know, he goes too far. He just, it's too crazy. Like, he's putting way too much money into these places. Yeah, but my houses also sell in 30 days or less, and they usually sell for full price. Right. So, so the you know if we have to put in an extra bathroom, we put in an extra bathroom. If we got to do uh, crazy, you know, crazier than normal kitchen, we go nuts. And I would urge you know urge people just go to my website and you can see the type of work that we do. Um, it is pretty special. Now, you know. Could you find five, six, seven hundred thousand dollar houses out in California where guys are doing much nicer work? Yeah, but there are five, six, seven hundred million dollar houses. These houses that I'm selling are at two, two twenty five. So again, just go beyond the buyer's expectations in terms of the rehab. Really, don't leave anything. What we want the buyer to do is walk in the door and go, 
oh, these guys thought of everything. Wow. The last thing I want a buyer to say is, geez, why didn't they do? Good. So Good. that's number two. Number three, and equally as important as one and two, is we price the houses to sell in 30 days or less. Mm -hmm. Let me explain that. If we find that um, we're in a neighborhood where, I invest in a neighborhood where there are a lot of 60, 70, 80 year old houses. And as such, you know, there's a lot of elderly people in those neighborhoods. And a lot of the houses look like your grandmother's house. Yeah. Meaning, you know, they've got little tiny rooms and tiny closets. They've got, uh, you know, weird kitchens that, that are, you know, either are original or they've been updated sometime in the 70s. A lot of times those houses will be listed as grandmom's house or well-maintained or right. uh, nicely updated. Now, if we find that those houses are selling for, let's say, $200,000, we'll price our house at $200,000. Mm -hmm. Now ask yourself, desirable neighborhood. You're out there looking as a first-time home buyer, and you see grandmom's house that's still got paneling in the living room, or my house that looks like the Taj Mahal, priced exactly the same as grandmom's house, which one would you buy? Right. Yours. Kind of a no-brainer. And that really is a guiding philosophy that, you know, I've lived by for the last couple of years. And you probably stage your houses, I imagine, right? We don't we don't stage every room, okay. um, because what I do is I stage the rooms that that are odd. Like if I have a small living room and people go, oh well, well we won't be able to fit anything in here, we'll stage that room. Um, we always stage the master bedrooms with a bed and, a, and an end table. Um, we stage all the bathrooms with shower curtains and nice towels and some accessories. We stage the kitchen with accessories and hand towels and things like that. And if my stager happens to have like a dining room set, we'll put like a table out with some chairs and place settings and things like that. But but as far as totally staging the house, I stopped doing that a while ago. Okay. And you're listing them with the realtor on the MLS too, right? Well, I happen to be an agent. Okay. And so we list. Uh, I list all my houses myself. Um, that saves me 3%. So, yeah. you know, $6,000 on a $200,000 house. Um, uh, and then we, we give a 3% commission to the, to the uh, buyer's agent. Good. So you're, you're targeting the first-time home buyers. When you're looking to who, who's this house going to sell to, you're, you like that first-time home buyer market, right? I like the, like the first-time home buyer market, but I don't like being down in the muck. Okay. You know, it's got to be... There's, you know, first-time home buyer market in my town that could be that could go as low as $120,000. Okay. I don't want to be that guy. I want to be the guy who's um, in two the ARVs of 225 and up. Okay. Is there a maximum? I mean, like right now, for instance, we just put an offer in in, in a house in DC. Um, the place uh, it's we we our offer was 260. The place needs about a hundred thousand, maybe a hundred and ten, and it's like five fifty on the back end. Okay. You know? Yeah. Five fifty ARV. All right. So that's the kind of 
Yep, that but like in DC, that's first time home buyer. Okay. <laughs> you know, it's kind of crazy. <laughs> and how far are you from DC? How long of a drive is that? I'm 30 minutes. Oh, okay, it's not that bad. Yeah. Now, you talked a little bit about you find most of your deals on the MLS. Um, do you do any other type of marketing for deals? I used to. I used to send out a thousand postcards a week. We'd send out letters um, to you know various types of lists, whether it be probate or uh, code violations, things like that. But you'll find in this, you know, once you start to get inertia and you um, you become known as someone who can close and close quickly, and you know someone who's not going to make problems for wholesalers. Yeah. You know, you'll find that the deals sort of find you. Hmm. And then it just becomes a matter of um, marketing the wholesalers rather than marketing the homeowners. I've seen that here in St. Louis, too. A lot of the big whole time, the big wholesalers that I know in St. Louis um, are begging me to give them my leads so they can buy the houses for themselves. Uh, or so that they can you know, so that they can market the house to their end buyer. Correct. You know, so it sounds to me like, the, you know, they want to be a middleman to the middleman, sort of. Yeah. And I don't mind that. You know, I, I, I've, the biggest wholesale I paid this, wholesale fee I paid this year was 40000 bucks. Paid wow. that to a guy. Wow. Um, you know, it was still a great deal. Very so I, I didn't That's mind. That's my kind of fee. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mind guys making a lot of money. Um, now, if, if if the wholesale fee was forty grand, and then all I was going to make was forty grand, I'd have yeah, it don't work because I got I got all the risk and I've got all the work. And um, but if it's forty and I'm making eighty, yeah, I'm 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 real good with that. Absolutely. So Let, when you Trent, become known as the, for you. that type of end buyer, the wholesalers really don't seem to care. Right. Go ahead. I got a question for you about um, and and I've talked to, about this to one of my uh, buyer friends in the market. When you were talking about pricing it the same as grandma's house, um, and yours is like, you know, the Mac Daddy, mm-hmm. you know, do you, how, like, let's say you tried to squeeze an extra 10 or 20 out of the deal. How long do you think that would keep you on the market trying to squeeze that extra money to be, you know, above grandma's house like that? It's really hard to say. I mean, like, look, if there's other rehabs that are in the neighborhood and you're trying, and you're now priced like those rehabs, then you should probably be able to sell it pretty quickly. But if all you've got in the neighborhood is grandmom sales, you know, you could squeeze out an extra five, um, you know, maybe 10. And, and, and sometimes you can get it pretty quick. Other times you might wait, you know, 45, 50, 60 days. And as you know, um, the longer a house sits on the market these days, the more sort of stigmatized it gets as, you know, what's wrong with this place. Absolutely. Absolutely. We're we're getting toward the end of this. Um, I got two more questions for you. If uh, you were dropped into a, a new city, let's say somewhere on the West Coast, you didn't know anybody, um, you had no connections with the title companies or contractors. Uh, you know, what would you start doing to start making money in real estate? Would you start wholesaling, rehabbing? How would you find deals? Dropped in a completely I'd be putting out off. I'd be putting out resumes to McDonald's. I guess. Yeah, you know. I mean, if <laughs> it doesn't work for me here, man, it doesn't work anywhere. <laughs> I don't know. 
All right, after um, you no. submit some resumes to McDonald's, what would you do then? I wouldn't look good in the hat, so that couldn't that wouldn't be a good thing. Um, no, what I would do is very simple. Um, first, I would gain access. First, I would find out where all the RIAs are. Okay. You know, uh, and and this this business is about having a network. You know, one of the reasons why you guys do what you do is because it's good to have people know you. It's good to have people know that you're the real deal. Yeah. And you need to find as many of those people as possible. You need to find who's out there making deals. The second thing I would do, in addition to going to the RIAs and passing out my business cards and postcards, uh, you know, things like that, is I would have to gain access to the MLS. Absolutely imperative. It would really be the very first thing I would want to do. I absolutely think that not having access to the MLS and being an investor is like being a carpenter without a hammer. I just think it's a, I think it allows me to move quicker than anyone else. It allows me to find deals. It allows me to evaluate neighborhoods. And really, um, if you think about it, it really allows me to find out where the other investors are. Yeah. Now, let's suppose I'm an alien and you drop me into Indianapolis, Indiana and I've never been there before. Well, the very first thing I'd want to do is find out where the, all the action is. The way I would do that is I would go into the MLS, I would make a big circle on the map, on a search uh -huh. around Indianapolis, and then I would look for all the cash sales. Yep. And where, where I find those push pins on the map, that would be where all my, where all my new buddies would be. I'd go out and meet every single one of those dudes who just bought a house for cash. Okay. Because they become either buyers for my wholesale deals or I'm out there looking in neighborhoods where, you know, those guys are so I can do my deals for rehabs. Okay. I mean, that would be the, that would be the greatest two tips that I could give right now. So you'd go out and find where the buyers, the investors are buying the properties at. Um, find out where the action is. Right. And, uh, but still, I mean, I've done that search before. And I've pulled up zip codes where there's a lot of cash transactions, and they were in those areas where people were trying to wholesale properties for $7,000. Um, so still you kind of have to be careful and, and still look at, well, can a rehabber sell a home here in the median price range? Is that right? Okay. Well, I mean, I could go further in the answer to the question that then it becomes a matter of getting in your car or yeah. understanding how to do, um, you know, sort of search the neighborhoods um, in the MLS. Now, like, let's suppose I wanted to get in my car and I was pulling up houses that were selling for, uh, 10 grand each. You know, I, I'd probably able to be smart enough to know at that point that where I was going to be driving to would be a pretty crappy area. Right. Okay. Right? Yeah. So to answer your question further, once I did that search on the MLS and I found out where all the action was, I'd be looking for where the action is in the higher end stuff. Right. Rather than down in the muck at five and six thousand dollars, which is there's plenty of out in Indianapolis. Alright, so you'd be finding the where the buyers are buying the investor cash buyers are buying their houses. What would you do then? Uh, I I would I'd want to get out there and meet as many of them as possible. Okay. You know, I'd want to get out there and find out who the real players are. Uh, as I would be, I would be calling the realtors that uh, w that were the buyers' realtors. So essentially, the 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 investors' agent. 
I'd be calling up that guy and going, and tell me about your investor. Well, he's a good guy. He's got a lot of money. Well, how much money does he have? I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that at some point his money might, might run out and that if you came across a deal, you'd want me to buy it from you. Or I'd be calling up all the listing agents and, and who are the REO guys or the, pre, or the people who got the probate deal or whatever, and I'd say, look, there's a new buyer in town, and that guy's me. Can I send you over my proof of funds? Can I take you out to lunch? Can I, can I show you that I'm the real deal so that I can be one of your pocket investors? Fascinating. I like that. So is it really that fascinating? Because well, I, I thought it was pretty. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is because I thought you were going to go into the direction of, of um, well, okay, these are what my buyers are looking for, and so I'm going to go out and look for deals that I can wholesale to these guys. But well, you know, but I, I'm thinking in terms of being a rehabber. It's right. like a whole different hat, right? So would you start so rehabbing in a new city or would you start wholesaling? No, I would start rehabbing. I mean, I, okay. I, that's what I do. I'm a rehabber. Good. All you right. know? The next thing I would do is I would, um, where all those guys bought for cash, I'd be getting in my car and driving to every single one of those houses because if they bought the house for cash, chances are it was a crappy house and they're going to have their workers out there and that's where I'm going to meet guys who are working, contractors who are working on houses. Mm-hmm. Very good. That's fascinating. <laughs> <laughs> that is possibly the greatest way to find new contractors. Yes, and ones that understand your business. Exactly. They, they know you're not a retail buyer. Um, yeah, I mean, you're out there. You you can look at their work as you're standing right there, uh, and uh, it's a great way to find them. Very good. And they can possibly even give you new leads if they know they're going to get work, right? Um, it's rare, but I guess they possibly could. It's all in it's all in who you know. Um, yeah, it's about building your network. Is you know, the question was if I was an alien. You know, the the answer is I would do everything in my power to meet the people who were out there doing it like I wanted to be doing it. Yeah. And and so if that if that took going to every RIA meeting, if that took uh, reaching out to all the best REO agents. Look, you know, quite frankly, I am an alien. Uh, with some of these students that I have who are living in D.C. and uh, in parts of Maryland, I just play it. And so when they say to me, hey, look, we've got this, uh, you know, we're newbies, what do we do? We're, we're both essentially aliens, right? Yeah. And so I'm, I'm kind of walking the walk and talking the talk right now, right in my own backyard. Very good. Well, good. Um well, I know we've we've gone over our time a little bit here, Craig. Um, it's been fascinating talking to you about all this stuff. And uh, any parting words you want to give to people just getting started? Maybe they're they're hearing all of this stuff about rehabbing. Um, you know, somebody who's new in the business. What kind of advice would you give them? Would you have any um, courses that you would send them to people to study and get information from on rehabbing? things like that yeah it's, it's strange that you ask i i happen to be a guy i'd send myself to um <laughs> very good you know pl- just be on the lookout for the coaching section at craigfear.com i think what we're offering up here is pretty special yeah um i think there's other guys in the country who are doing similar models like nate andre out west and brian mitem and uh mike ferris in delaware i mean we're all coaching a very similar immersion model 
Good. Um, which I think is fantastic. But you really have to be ready for it. It's not for everyone. Um, and that's not just me doing a takeaway close. That's me being honest and saying, look, not everybody's ready to do rehabs. I mean, you have to be monetarily ready for it. Um, if you're just starting out and you have no money, um, get to know guys like me because guys like me need deals every day. Find out who the real players are in your market and find deals for them. Because Good. guys like me make it really, really easy for wholesalers. You, we just tell you where we're looking, and then we set you free. Mm-hmm. You know? So. Well, I should put a plug in, too, for uh, asktheflipvips.com. You're, uh, you're a part of that group, um, and it's uh, about 12 investors. You named some of, some of them right just a minute ago. Um, about 12 different investors that uh, are really making things happen. And um, they do, uh, each of the 12 investors does a uh, coaching call once a month. So there's 12 calls a month, and people can um, ask questions of these guys that are rehabbing. But um, that website is asktheflipvips.com. Is that right, Craig? Yes, it is. Yep. Okay. Ask, ask the flip vips. Vips is V I P S. Very important person. Actually, there's a there's a Facebook page now, so you can search for us on Facebook as well. Okay. But again, your website, Craig, is craigfuer.com. C R A I G F U H R dot com. Um, guys, That's I right. I know uh, Craig well enough to tell you that I highly recommend you get in touch with him. Uh, he's a guy who is the real deal. He believes in integrity, and that's important to him and anybody we put on this show. And uh, if you're serious about rehabbing, if you're serious about um, taking your business to um, to another level, check out Craig and his blog. Um, you'll get a lot of good entertaining information from his website um, and his blog and uh, get to see what he's doing. Uh, get in touch with him, especially if you're in that area and uh, you have some deals. Give them to Craig. Um, that's really, that's really awesome stuff. Well, Craig, thank you for so much for your time. Um, Alex, did you have anything you wanted to, to say before we uh, close here? No, I just thought this was a great call. Uh, it's always good to hear people um, being honest, like we talked about the head game and things like that, where you know we we don't try to you know act like we are uh, without fault or without problems or without issues. You know, just being real. Um, real people making real money. Yeah. Awesome. All right, Craig. Thank you very much. We sure appreciate it, guys. It was it was uh, it was really an honor for me for you guys to ask me. I, I, honestly, I, I it's uh, it's always surreal to do these types of things for me because I see myself as sort of an average Joe, and uh, I'm just I'm just really flattered that you guys would think of me. So thank you very much. Well, hopefully, we'll have you on again. Um, and when, yeah. when does the show start? When does when will it be on the air? Oh God, uh, we're back to this. Uh, now you got me all stressed out again thinking about it. But, uh, <laughs> it's, I, I, I just had one hour of not having to worry about oh, it. Now you got me okay. back to it. I'm sorry. Um, so no, if we start production in late <laughs> November, and the show should air. It'll be on. It generally, uh, what they're talking about is on Saturdays. Um, sometime uh late april or early may of okay. next year okay yeah craig go uh, go have a beer or smoke a cigar or something and uh, <laughs> you've read my mind have a uh have a good rest of the day man all right guys thank you see you later
Take care. Again, guys, go to realestateinvestingmastery.com to get more information on uh, on Craig. We'll have his links there and uh, get our bonuses. And um, we sure uh, sure appreciate you taking the time to listen to this show. Leave us some reviews on iTunes. And uh, we'll talk to you later. See you, Alex. Bye.